Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 256 of Business of Design. We are the OG resource for interior designers. I can't believe I'm saying that because it feels like yesterday, the very first time I went on stage and talked about what I had learned from a business coach about running my business. And today, of course, we have really improved the systems and strategies and protocols I shared way back in 2004. I've had how many years is that? That's a lot of years, 20 years to work on these system strategies and procedures, improve them. And not only that, thank you. All around the globe, there are designers who have used the systems, who speak to how they work in their lives. And you guys are the best promotion any company could ask for. Most of our new members come from other members who have gone out into the world and said, you absolutely must join Business of Design, and we thank you for that. In this episode, we are going to speak with Christina Falzano of Conran Design Group. Now, they are, yes, in fact, related to Conran Design Group from London, England, of course, but this is the marketing wing of the company. And Christina wanted to talk to us about how to get ourselves motivated in this new year to move forward. And spoiler alert, I don't know that there's anything brand new in here, except for there is a term she used, knowledge bubble, which I'm going to ask Cheryl about in one second. Um, But other than that, it's just such a great reminder when it's time to move forward and set goals, you have to be able to look back. You need to audit what you've done in the past, what has worked and what doesn't. If you're like me and your tendency is to wing it, you think you know, oh, it's a tragic, tragic mistake. I have learned so much by looking backward every year and actually analyzing what my company did, not just financially, but all kinds of metrics in terms of client satisfaction, project completion, marketing, exposure, etc. Christine is going to remind us that you want to set big goals, absolutely, but not so big you can never achieve them. You want to be able to once in a while celebrate a win and know that you got to a finish line, so that's important. And I think where a lot of us fall down, certainly myself, it's those incremental steps to achieving something big. I want to go straight for the finish line when I would gain so much more territory by taking it one step at a time. Someone who reminds me constantly to take it one step at a time. You know her and you love her as much as I do, I'm sure of it. Let me welcome Cheryl Horn. Hey Cheryl, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I uh, just finished a conversation uh, with Christina Falzano, and um, I was thinking, you know, one of the things she mentioned, I had never really heard it put this way, and I wondered if you had breaking the knowledge bubble. She says it's a good idea to get out there and break your knowledge bubble. What does that mean to you when you hear that? I think just, you know, a focus on learning something new all the time. Like you, you can't, you can never stop learning for me, all of the, I know I say this all the time, but like when I read books, it's always like off the self-help <laughs> shelf. Like that's, that's what I read. Um, you know, and if I can take one thing away from every book, I kind of feel like there's, 
whatever issue you're having, even if it applies to something else, somebody else has already been through it. They figured it out. They've done it. And you know, if you can learn from that, yeah. But I, did she mean did she mean something different by that? Well, I think yeah, no, that was definitely on the money, but so is this idea that you need to look outside of your regular core group to get answers sometimes. So it kind of reminds me of when I hired a business coach. I, at first I wanted someone who understood the interior design business. That isn't what I got, and now I'm so grateful that isn't what I got. Well, and I always think that when I um speak with members. Cause I, I feel like when I talk to members, I end up doing a lot of, um, coaching, but I'm not an interior designer. You know, I know the business of design systems, the textbook version inside and out, I'm not a practicing designer, but having that business and finance background, you know, I took strategic planning and marketing and accounting. And I, I bring that different angle, same thing with Janine, bringing that different angle to the team. So I think when we do face new questions that come up from, uh, members even, we have those different perspectives. So I can see how beneficial that's been with you building the systems because it, it's not from, you apply it to design, but didn't learn it from design. Right. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I, I think that's one of the reasons the boss formula is going to work so well, our BOD boss groups, because we've got people in the room who are from Australia and the United States and Canada. Obviously, they're not in the same market, but there's a commonality and a core business. And so you're learning from a much wider breadth of knowledge than you would be if you only stayed in your small circle at home. Yeah. And you know what? We do pick um, boss members with different backgrounds. Like the commonality is that they've all completed the BOD 15. You know, you're not signing up for boss and relearning the basics that are part of membership already. You know, it is this step beyond that. But it's nice to have um, boss members with different backgrounds, whether uh, it's a focus on commercial versus residential design, or uh, it's a second career where their background is actually in finance. It brings so much to the table. And actually, um, boss is top of my list in terms of announcements today. Oh, um, yay. Yeah, we've sort of restructured how we're uh, how we're talking about boss because we've always talked about when the next meeting is, which isn't until October. But there's so much work that goes into the group. We were lucky how early it sort of filled up last year um, because we actually start the homework in August. Right, the planning. Right, we that goes that into group, it. That's true. The group launches in October, but before they launch. They have had many interactions with us, and they that way when they launch, they are go, they are they are rocketed into exactly. a start. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So we're sort of rephrasing that. So the group actually launches August first, and then the first meeting isn't until October. So uh, you get introduced to your group before the October date. You do all of your homework and submit that, and of course, the summaries and everything that we put together that'll be talked about at the meeting is provided to you in advance as well. So August 1st is actually the date we're counting down to. Um, we are already starting to, to fill up. I think as part of New Year resolutions, becoming a BOD boss uh, sounds like it's on people's list. So uh, we do, as we get applications in, we always review them as a team. So depending on when you submit that, you'll hear from us uh, immediately if it's right before our meeting. Otherwise, it might take us a week to review it because we do sit down as a team. Um, but please, if you're interested in becoming a boss this, uh, this year, take a look, uh, on the website and, and check that out, fill out the applications, get in touch with me if you've got any questions 
and uh, we'd love for you to join us. Amazing. And we've got quite a few of the this uh, group of BOD Boss members who will be at the retreat. The learning at the retreat is different. The learning at the retreat is not a repeat of the 15 steps, and it's not what you learn in Boss. And I'm really excited about the learning at this particular retreat coming up in April. So lots of good things to sink your teeth into if running a better, stronger, more profitable business with happier clients sounds like what you want in 2022. Yes, and that will be here before we know it. So the Business of Design Elite Retreat Santa Monica is coming up on April 28th to May 1st. Members save $500. Uh, We do have a loose itinerary and sort of an overview of what the retreat looks like on the website. If you've got questions or just want to chat about it, please get in touch with me, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. Both boss and um, the retreat have full details on the website. So please check that out first. Um, And to participate in either one, I mean, for the retreat, it's not a requirement. Um, but I also want to do a shout out for membership. It's actually been, you know, a busy month, December and January, obviously people setting goals and, um, planning for the new year. So many people join. And I want to say thank you for that, by the way. We take our role as industry experts and leaders at Business of Design seriously. We invest in learning, we invest in knowledge, and we pass that knowledge on to you. So you investing in us matters a lot, and we thank you. Yeah, and we'd love to have uh, everyone in membership. And if you, uh, you know, are signing up, and then in the next week, next week we have our next BOD live meeting. So uh, we're going to kickstart the new year, answer questions. Uh, you know, you get to connect with members and find out what is going on with everyone else. So hopefully you can join us for that if you are a member. Amazing! Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Christina, here we are in a brand new year, 2022. And I've already set my goals for 2022 because I do it uh, in October every year. But for a lot of people, the the end of their year is also their fiscal year end, December. And so January, February is really when they are taking time to set goals. How do you start that process? How do you know, how do you get at what you should be focusing on this year? Where do you start? I think it's a really good time to uh, assess where you are in the life cycle of your business. The the advantage of now is a good time to look at what happened in the past Um, in order to move forward. I think it's important to to look where you come from. And I think that that's a really a moment in time where you can look at where your business is um, and how you got to, to that point in terms of helping to prioritize. I think that really looking at where you put your time and your investment up until this point is really important. Um, I think it can help you. We were talking uh, earlier about um, 
thinking about the the things that you've prioritized. So if you if you were we were prioritizing getting into architectural digest, did you accomplish that? Did did that is that that decision and that prioritization did that happen? When you look at look at the the fiscal uh, uh, health of particular projects, um, did you did you make the money that you thought you were going to? Did you scope it correctly? Was it was it delivered in a way that that was was profitable for you? And so I think that um, you know numbers are necessarily historic. I think we spent a lot of time thinking about projections and those are just that they're projections, what might happen in the future, but where I think they become very invaluable. I mean, aside from the dollars, which is the actual value, um, is, is really looking at the numbers as a, as a, so that you can make some, either the same decisions, either what you did last year worked, and we want to continue doing that going into next year, or maybe that's where an adjustment needs to be happen in terms of what you prioritize, where you put your time, the kinds of clients you either pursue or, or take on. I, first of all, that's great. I think it's so true. What is the point of just making projections all the time if you're not looking back to see if you came close or exceeded them or fell short or whatever? Like that seems kind of pointless. And I did that for so many years. When I had my year end, my fiscal year end, December, I always felt in January like I was behind the eight ball. Like, oh my gosh, I've missed goal setting. Like you can't set a goal in March. That's crazy, right? I don't know why I'm wired that way. But I like to go into the new year already knowing what I'm going for. Um, so I just moved my year end to August so that by October, my accounts are reconciled. My accountants told me the good, the bad, the ugly. I've made my goals. And in January, by the time January comes along, I'm already in my second quarter and I'm really focused and I don't have to worry about the year end also around the same time as the holidays. Um, so that, so first thing you do is you look backwards, you, you look backwards, you see historically what's happened and then how, what's your philosophy on setting those goals? Are you a person who says dream big, just shoot as high as you can? Or are you a person who says, let's be realistic and set a goal you can actually achieve? Um, not to, I, I think it's a little bit of a split. I think that the visioning needs to be as, as big and hairy and audacious as possible. Um, but I think that in terms of practical planning, I do think that it should be a goal that you is a stretch, but is a goal that you can achieve. Um, because I think that, that there is a great motivator is just, you were talking about a great motivator is, is achievement, right? Is if you set a goal for yourself, as you start to see yourself achieving it, I think that that can help push you even further. And so I think that if the goal is too odd, if the stated goal, not the ambition, I think the ambition can never be big enough, but I do think that if the goal or the objective can be within reach then, then that, that makes it something that you really can strive for. And I think the more tangible a goal is, whether it's a number, whether it's a, you know, a number of citations in something like a you know, architectural, architectural digest, or whether it's, I think then, then the more likely you are to achieve it. And the second you get there, you can set a new goal. But I think that if, if you don't, if you don't have a chance of achieving the the goals that you set, and again, it should be a little bit 
uncomfortable and maybe a little, you're not totally sure you're going to get there. Um, but, but it needs to be, I think, within, within shooting distance. Otherwise, I don't think it's necessarily effective uh, from a business perspective. I think personal growth perspective, maybe <laughs> from a business perspective, I think then it, then it isn't as effective. How often do you think we're honest with ourselves about what we're capable of? Are, are we... Are we in denial in terms of what we can achieve or are we like, do, do we set goals that are too small? Do we set goals that are too high? What are creative professionals likely to do? Where are we likely to go? I hate to bring this to gender um, and it's, it's, uh, but studies say, but also experience says uh, that often women have less belief in what they can achieve. Again, I think it's changed. I think it's, just, but that not, not what they can achieve. That's the wrong way of saying it. they are, they underestimate themselves sometimes. Yeah. Women, women, <laughs> as, a, they as, a gross, right, as a gross, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a gross generalization, women as underestimate, gross. underestimate themselves is what you're saying. Okay. And I as follow a that. Gross generalization. I think some men can overestimate. Sure. Yeah, um, but I think it's, as it pertains to to creative people, um, I think that they are generally more ambitious for the idea, more you know, than the average, more ambitious and bigger thinkers than the average bear. And so I think that when it comes to what they set their sights on, I think that creative people actually do a really good job of understanding what's possible because in many cases that's their job. Their job is really thinking big and, and, and seeing things that other people don't see. And so I think as, as business people from that perspective, in terms of ambition and in terms of ultimately what is possible, I think that creatives generally, whatever <laughs> gender, um, are really good at that. I think that sometimes where creatives can be challenged is in and that's what we're talking, is setting those steps to get there. So I think the vision is often very good, very ambitious. They see people, see things that other people don't see about what is possible. Um, but then I think that sometimes setting what those tangible steps and goals are in getting there is where they need the most help, not in the- Incremental <laughs> steps. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Like I, we meet so many- designers who are, you know, currently bringing home profit of about $50,000 a year in their pocket. And they're like, I want to make a million dollars. It's like, okay, um, why don't we set some steps between $50,000 take home and a million dollar take home and see how far we can get you in the year. Right. So you said the goal should be mildly discomforting, um, a, a stretch, uh, mildly unattainable, but it shouldn't be insane because that's demoralizing, right? When you're like, oh, I missed it again. Well, okay, let's give, let's give ourselves some targets that we can achieve so we can celebrate on the way. I think also that's also we're coming. I think a financial target is important, but I think that the financial target also can't be 
the only target. Um, and I think that because that doesn't give you a path from a business strategy perspective to how you're going to achieve it, right? That that goes back to, yeah, everybody wants to make a million dollars a year or maybe more. Um, but but if, if those other sort of non-financial goals aren't also clear, which is, do you want to extend your client base? Do you want to do a certain kind of, of work, either in a particular location or a particular kind of you know, design, whether it's, you know, you want to do more in home or do you want to do more businesses? Do you want, if you're doing businesses, do you really want to focus on restaurants? Like what are the, what are the, what are those other goals? Because ultimately, again, I, I really am a strong believer and you can't manage the numbers by managing the numbers alone. Um, and so that the fact is how, not only, yes, I'd like to grow my business from a financial perspective, but when you're asking about being, you know, sort of realistic and honest with yourself, not only realistic, it's like, where can I actually take my business um, in order to do that? What can I deliver something that somebody else isn't delivering? Can I deliver it in a place that somebody else isn't there? Is there, you know, again, what, what is it not only in comparison to the, the competitive set, which I think is important to consider, uh, but also what do I want, what, what kind of business do I want to have in, in you know, 12 months? And those were the, the, the levers we we're talking about, because if I take on just the projects that are going to get me a million dollars, by the time you get to a million dollars, your business may not be the business you actually wanted, right? Which is, <laughs> that may not be the projects that are gonna you know, get profile or just the projects that you don't love. That may be the, so I think that that's also, you know, again, even in, in my business and then also advising clients is you have to be as careful about what you take, you know, what you don't take is what you take. And I think that that's sometimes not, it's sort of counterintuitive, especially if you're growing your business. Um, but I think that that's maybe the single biggest indicator of future success um, is, is what you say no to. Yeah. And so for, for us, we often talk about um, our ideal client and being able to say no to a client who seems lovely, but just isn't your ideal client is not going to get you where you want to go. Yep. Yeah. Boy, it's always, uh, it's sobering, isn't it? Because no matter how long you've been doing it, there's always more to learn and there's always bigger goals to reach for. Do you think sometimes uh, we can be too insular and not, you know, not connect with other businesses and therefore see different goals and bigger goals? Sort of one of my themes for, for 2022 um, is, is breaking the knowledge bubble. Um, and I think that that, uh, I think that that's something in, in these times, one coming, or maybe not, but coming out of a pandemic potentially, but also in, in, in a world of, of um, and I'm, I'm not a, technophobe, but in a world of, of social media and information bubbles, I think it's really important um, as people and as businesses uh, that we do whatever we can uh, to, to break those bubbles. And so I absolutely do think that we all, <laughs> definitely in design, but I think all of us um, can, can really uh, can put ourselves in isolation or in silos. Um, and I think it's really, uh, really important that uh, we actively break out of those. So if I'm, a, if I'm a designer in Brooklyn 
uh, it's great to surround myself with other designers in Brooklyn, but what you're saying is get out there and experience how design happens somewhere different. So in Paris or in Venezuela, or is that what you mean? Like, don't just settle for what's close at hand and just like you. Absolutely. I think that, that I, I think there is, is, there is something great to be said for finding our people and finding our tribes and finding, um, I, I think there's a lot of value in community. Um, and so I, I'm all for the, the group of designers in Brooklyn. Um, but I think that, that it is very important for, to, to extend beyond that fall outside of the category. It's not just about different inputs in design. Um, you know, I, I try to, I try to make myself uh, you know, I don't do it as regularly as I should, but but at least every month uh, find, you know, 20 people to follow on Instagram that either are in a category that I thought I wasn't interested in or a person that, that looks as far from me uh, as possible, whether, you know, and so I think that that has been yeah, good, good, uh, good, good reminder to do that. Um, I uh, am from California, but a lot of my family's from Arkansas. So I get to practice this from time to time when I go visit. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's challenging sometimes to listen to a different point of view. But if, if I can keep my mouth shut, I can learn something. <laughs> so and perhaps that can be applied to all kinds of things, not just family and politics. So good advice. Thank you. We like to end every episode with something called design intervention. So a piece of business advice that I got from, uh, from a boss and, and somebody uh, who's, who's a very good friend and, and a mentor, uh, and, and I apply it a lot and I'm still learning the lesson, uh, but is once, once you've said something and, and you've made your point and hopefully made it uh, clearly uh, and concisely, um, stop talking. Um, I have a tendency to keep <laughs> going. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes oh my god yes go ahead oh my god I'm laughing because I'm just like yeah hello um and I think you know I I, again it's still it's still a challenge for me but the but the insight there was um he 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 said it to me after after a meeting um and uh he said you compromise your your credibility um, he said, because you, the way he actually phrased it was when you speak, you, you speak eloquently, you speak, uh, articulately, your point is smart. He said, and then you keep talking and nothing that you say after that adds to the clarity of the point, but more importantly, it actually takes away from your credibility because it sounds as though you're not sure you made the point. It sounds as though you're you're trying to make a different point, and and you lose the the authority that that you you started with. And I think that that is uh, in these days of Zoom, especially. It's been one that I keep learning over and over again. Uh, but is uh, is to is to again make your point and then get out of the way. Stop. <laughs> talking how many times a week do I have to say to myself don't say another word shush hush such good advice thank you so much for that excellent thank you so much happy 2022 I hope you have set your goals and they're all going to come true (laughs) 
I have not, um, but I'm going to. I'm going to uh, take a page from your book and <laughs> get on it before the end of the year next next year. <laughs> Maybe that's my first goal for 2022 is not to wait until the end of the year to set my goals for 2023. Thank you so much. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today. 